All right, welcome back everyone to another podcast segment in form with Anthony Let's Talk. We have here today, Mr. Senator Brian Daly back here again. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Anthony. This is a great opportunity. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we start with what has transpired since the last time we had you here? So much is happening. Well, yeah, we were, we've been out on the campaign trail. We've been all over uh, California, mainly trying to spend a lot of time in Southern California, where we know the population is at, not as well known. And uh, ironically, today there was a poll came out for the IGS poll, they call it. Uh, so we've clicked up seven points uh, according oh, wow. to their poll. So that's really exciting. We've been uh, reaching out to uh, Californians and just uh, letting them know who I am, letting them know the challenges for California and that there's an option. There's an option. Uh, they can either keep what they've had, which is Gavin Newsom for the you know next four years and what he's accomplished in or not accomplished in the last four years, and uh, that there's a, there's a there's some there's an opportunity for balance in California. I know that it might be hard having a toggle being senator and then also running for governor because I feel like your job has kept you up north for quite some time in Sacramento. Can you maybe talk about how that impacted your campaign, being on the campaign trail, having a be an active senator and then also running for governor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, as a state senator, I am required by law, which I need to be in, in session when we're in session. So session is uh, January until September. And so that time, I four days a week, I'm in Sacramento working uh, to represent the million people that I that I represent for my district and, and as well Californians because, you know, the bills come from uh, all the legislators for, for throughout California. So yeah, I mandatorily have to be there. So uh, we were out of session August 31st at midnight, actually 1.30 in the morning we finished. And uh, I've been on the campaign trail ever since. I actually did uh, go back to my farm for one day, uh, September 1st. Uh, it was there. It wasn't even there for Labor Day. I ended up down here in, in uh, Los Angeles uh, at the Kia Forum in front of 11,000 people. Got an opportunity to speak on Sunday. Uh, but I actually went back. I, I've been to my farm twice. Uh, since we got out of session, I was back there last week just for one day to check on my oldest sons running our farm. And, our, you know, we, we have a business. We raise cereal grains for seed. And I know that a lot of people go, what, what, what is that? And, well, we basically make seed. We're non-GMO seed. We're certified organic. And so we make seed for other farmers to sell uh, or to grow their crops with. And so uh, my son's taking care of that. So we've been out on the campaign trail, Anthony, every, every day. Uh, all over the state flying we're going to be in bakersfield tonight we'll be well actually we'll end up in sacramento but we have a uh, uh, get together in bakersfield that we're going to go to after we leave here today and then uh, i'll be in uh, uh, northern california for a day and then back down here i'll be back down here friday uh, be in redlands at an event in redlands so we are covering the state as much as we can letting people know uh, who i am and uh, asking them to get out and vote yeah, I remember uh, people would be like, where is Senator Adali? And I'm just like, I think he's working because he's in session right now. And yeah. like you said, session goes up to September. So I'm sure you had mm -hmm. your hands wrap, uh, wrapped around with that. But so you talked about being up seven points, uh, which is amazing, by the way. Congratulations on that feat. Um, what do you think you owe that to? Is is Gavin Newsom just fumbling right now? Or like what what what, what do you owe it to, you think? Well, actually, I think that people were a little bit confused because of the recall. They weren't uh, following the fact that there's a regular general election cycle going on, and people are now are focusing in on, hey, what's happening in California? You know, f inflation is skyrocketing, Anthony, and people are like, wait, what's happening? And then, you know, Gavin Newsom's been focused on 
running for president. He says he's not, but he is. He's not been in California. He hasn't been paying attention to California. So I think people are realizing that there is actually a race uh, for governor, and it's going to be November 8th is the deadline. So we're, now we people are realizing that. And so I think that, and the other thing, I think that people are getting to know who I am, and they're realizing that, you know, I've, I'm a state senator. I've been working there in the legislature for 10 years. I'm a small business owner. I actually have a record of, I mean, thousands of votes on bills, and people are researching that. They're finding out that, you know, I'm with the people. I'm with, mm -hmm. with people that want to stay in California. I vote to, for those reasons, and so I think people are finding out who I am, and that's why we're moving up in the polls, that there's an opportunity for something different in California than the status quo of, you know, one-party control and Gavin Newsom just uh, being able to be uh, a one-person thing. It, I mean, it's all about him. If, if you talk to even Democrats, who I've been talking to a lot out on the campaign trail, uh, he's out of touch with Democrats and what's happening in their lives. I mean, you can't afford to buy gasoline. You can't afford to put food on the table. You're having trouble getting back and forth to work. Uh, those are all things. The education system, I mean, 50,000 students didn't come to the first day of school in L.A. Unified School District. So parents are, are realizing that they, they're, they're in need change. And what, what, what do you think is the reason or what do you find, you know, in talking with possibly, you know, independents and Democrats, what is driving them away from the Democratic Party here in California? Because I think it's different when you talk about at the national level. I think in California, we're unique in that, you know, last time we talked, we talked about the one party rule here in California for so long. And I think people, like you said, are waking up and realizing, wait a minute. Like one party has been ruling us for decades and nothing has changed. So how is it that maybe uh, you're being received by Democrats or independents that want change? What, how do you convince these well, people? Well, I equate it, I equate it to uh, the fact that, um, you know, government is supposed to do simple things, really. At the end of the day, we're, we're supposed to keep our s streets safe. We're supposed to build infrastructure. We're supposed to have an education system. And, you know, in all sectors of California, those are all failures. I mean, we have crime running rampant. Forty percent murders went up forty percent in the last two years. Our schools are failing our children. We have homeless people sleeping on our streets. We have inflation skyrocketing in California, and so it's the things that people expect government to do are not happening for them. And then they're focusing on, well, why is that? We've spent, we've had more money. There's been more than enough that we, in the history of California. The budget is bigger than it's ever been, $300 billion. And so they know the money's being spent, but they're not getting a return on their investment. And so I think that's what people are waking up and they're realizing, man, I'm having a hard time putting food on the table or I'm having a hard time finding a good school for my child or I'm having a hard time at my work because I can't get there and my transportation is hard. So those are all things that I think Californians are waking up and going, why is this this way? Hmm. And it always has been, you know, that we've had some struggles with some of these things but for the most part not all these things at one time I remember we have a water shortage why do we have a water shortage when you know the wettest year in the history of california was three and a half years ago 2018 so those i think are the things that californians are going wait a minute and we know that californians are leaving californians can't afford to live here it's the cost of living it's their neighborhoods aren't safe and they're leaving california for a better way to, for their families and it's about your family it's about it's about politics are always close to home. And I think close to home right now, people are struggling in California and they look, they're looking for something different. So we got a couple things coming up 
in the next coming days where ballots are going to be, you know, mailed out to, to everyone. If I remember correctly, Newsom made it uh, like a law right after the recall that everyone, regardless of how you uh, register to vote in person or mail-in ballot, everyone's going to get a mail-in ballot. Um, so we got the mail-in ballots. We also have a nice little check. That's <laughs> our money, right, that right. he's taxing. You just talked about $300 billion, uh, sur surplus here in California. Now he's sending out checks to people, and I think that is strategic. I think he's sending money so that people will be like, wow, Gavin Newsom just sent me free money, not realizing that they're being taxed for it. And then on top of that, he doesn't want to debate you live. So can you kind of I, – I, I saw the report uh, that he had agreed to debate you, but it's basically on his conditions, and it's on a Sunday. It's primetime NFL. Can you kind of go into that a bit? Well, number one uh, – I know you have a petition – going for that right where hey sign the petition so he can actually do a real debate not yeah like this. we we want people to see what's happening in california obviously and you know uh, he i guess because he thinks he's just you know going to walk away with this race that he doesn't have to you know s share with california what what stand up to his record mm -hmm. and so we do have a debate uh, october 23rd it's kqed san, san francisco radio uh, I think they're going to let maybe somebody, they're going to stream it. Or we, We've got some concessions, but for the most part, it's not prime time. It's not, you know, CNN or Fox or, or uh, a large network. And so, but we've been pushing for that. We'll take what we, you know, at this point, we have at least that debate. It's late in the uh, election time. And, you know, you mentioned everybody getting a ballot. And, um, you know, so they've done a lot of uh, manipulating of the election process mm -hmm. and and they're saying it's for transparency so more people can get out and vote and we've seen actually a drop in participation in voting and so i encourage people anthony what we really need is we need people to vote at the end of the day we we need them to get out and vote you have a month to do it you're going to get your ballot here in a few days uh, you can fill that ballot out you can go get your neighbors uh, and make sure they vote and you can you know either take them in you can mail them in but you have a month to do it. We encourage people to vote. We really need people to participate in the process so that we can, you know, win. And so a lot of people, you should know, as you do know, two and a half million, we know two and a half million Republicans didn't vote in the recall. And, you know, people talk about uh, election integrity. Well, the biggest uh, problem is people don't vote. We need them to vote. So I encourage people to get out and vote. I want them to vote for me, obviously, Brian Daly. Uh, for governor, and we can have uh, uh, something different. I, I carry a pin in my pocket. It's got it right here. And, uh, you know, I tell people this is this is an ordinary pin. You can write a letter with it. You can uh, you could sign a check and send some money to my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> all, but also this pin in the hands of a governor is a veto pin mm -hmm. where we have the ability to stop some of this bad legislation that this uh, one-sided legislature puts out. So can you imagine what California would be like if we had – a Republican governor who is going to say, hey, um, no, we're not going to do that. So, you know, people talk about how I can change California. Well, that's one great way to stop bad legislation is you have the ability to veto bills. And that's exactly what I will be doing. Now, <clears throat> I think it's kind of cowardly of uh, Gavin Newsom to, to not want to debate you, A, prior to, to, the, to the ballots being out, because I think you know, one argument is people would have already sent in their ballots. But for those tuning in, for those of you watching, listening, this is this is what I do um, in my large household. We have multiple voters. 
uh, including my wife and I. And what we do is on the day of the election or the day before is we have all the ballots filled out. And then I usually go over it in person myself. And then I turn in the ballots right then and there. And so that's one good way of accountability because you have the ballots in your hand, right? And then you're turning them in and you're making sure everyone in that household, or like you said, go to your neighbor. You know, I have an elderly uh, neighbor, uh, Miss Angel. Uh, she's a great woman. She's a widow and she's a cancer survivor. And um, we do everything in our power to help her. We help her with her trash cans. We help her, Amen. you know, every everything we can. And, you know, that's one way to connect with your neighbors, but also, like you said, encourage them like, hey, you need to get out there and vote. Because I do agree that, you know, there's a lot of irregularities. There's a lot of nonsense when it comes to it, maybe California elections. But, you know, some other ways is to become like a poll watcher or to get to work, you know, like, I mean, maybe you can help me out here. What are some great ways for people to get involved outside of voting? I mean, you can become a poll watcher. You can become like an election worker. Right. I mean, yes, there's a lot of opportunities for people to um donate their time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, some people don't have resources, they, they have time. And so you can go, uh, you can collect the, another, like you said, you can go out and, and help uh, collect ballots, and then take those in for people. That's what we so our we have a little church up north, we're 75 miles away from I live 75 miles away from my county seat where the where we can put our turn our ballot in. And so Somebody at our, there's a lady at our church that announces, hey, I'm driving down to Susanville, which is a ways. Next Sunday, bring your ballot, and we will take, we will turn them in for you right to the county clerk. You can do that personally yourself with your neighbors. Uh, you can wa you can go to the polls and actually watch and make sure that there's not, uh, you know, fraud going on there and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's drop boxes that they have available. You can keep an eye on those drop boxes. Make sure they you can track those to the polling, to the, the register of voters as well. So there's a lot of opportunities. I know that we have a team of people uh, from our party that uh, have signed up to do that. So we'll be doing that throughout the state as well to help make sure we have a good, solid, uh, safe election. You know, and I think that one of the things that also would help is to help Republicans realize that maybe the things that make sense to you, maybe the things that would seem common sense, like, hey, everyone should be voting, you know, for example, the GOP, I was in a meeting with them, uh, with the state party, and they were talking about how this election season they're looking to ramp up ballot uh, drop boxes inside of churches, which to me is a phenomenal idea because most churches lean conservative, right, uh, it, for, for the most part, or at least they should. Uh, <laughs> that's just my own biased opinion. But um, w one of the ways that I was able to help with this is, you know, Mike Garcia, he's in our district, and so I talked with my church pastor, and we talked about, hey, let's have a ballot harvest because – we are a ballot box because a lot of our congregation are elderly and you will be surprised and not, it shouldn't be like in a negative way, but people sometimes just forget about election day. Like they, they know that it's around the corner. They know the date possibly. Um, but they just simply forget either they get caught up with work or whatever. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that was today. I mean, my younger brother, uh, if I don't remind them sometimes I'm like, Hey, we need to go out and vote today. And he's like, Oh my gosh, like I've just been so busy with work. Cause the reality is Californians, we work hard out here, Amen. you know, we, we have to. And so don't, don't give them the benefit of that doubt. Don't like, don't say, well, it's not my fault. It's not my responsibility, but that's not how the left thinks. That's not how they don't think like, oh, it's, it's, it's a burden on me to have to pick up ballots. They're eager to go out and do it because they want that vote. They want to get out the vote. And so Republicans need to start getting on the mindset of not like humph, you know, like it's not, it shouldn't be on me to collect these ballots. It should be on them. 
It's their responsibility, which I get it. We're the party of self-responsibility, but also we need to take in real life scenarios where maybe in like in this scenario mm-hmm. uh, that the elderly sometimes forget, or there's people that are disabled, for example, that, that, that can't make it, or they thought they were going to have a ride on that day. I mean, the list goes on. And I think that we need to have a little bit more, um, you know, uh, sympathy for, for those people. And so ballot harvesting is a great way to do that. Um, but with, with that, um, you know, some of the most recent laws have been pretty scary about what Newsom is doing, especially with in a, a lot of parents in California are very scared of where the direction is going in California, especially with our children, what's being taught in schools and stuff. And one of the things that he's recently come, come out on is, you know, that he's going to make California a sanctuary state for basically families to come in and, and have trans surgeries for children and stuff like that. I, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, that, well, I, I'm always, uh, for parents' rights, uh, number one, I voted against, uh, I can't remember the bill's number, but I voted against that bill that would allow, it's a sanctu- basically a sanctuary state for uh, gender-affirming uh, surgery and gender-affirming drugs. Uh, and so uh, it's Californians are going to pay for people to come from other states to be able to, uh, and then also uh, if you have a split family where one parent is for it and the other parent is against it, um, they won't be able to uh, even, I believe, sue. And so... Those are, the, those are the things that are happening in our state capital. That's why elections matter. If you want control and you want freedom for your family, uh, you need to vote these uh, legislators out and, and, the, and the governor out who signed these types of bills where um, your children are at risk. And that's why I believe, Anthony, that so many parents are uh, taking their children out of school where they're teaching these things. They're, they're confusing our children on uh, gender topics uh, at a young age. And I actually, uh, on that bill, got up and asked a question on that bill about what age. And they, he, the author, which was uh, Scott Weiner from San Francisco, uh, never answered the question. He, he went in about politics and about national politics and that this is just demagoguery and, and all this. And, I, and he never answered the question. So the question didn't get answered because the answer is, is that, uh, you know, they have the ability to, to persuade your child at a young age. And that's, I think, something that, look, when you're, when you're 20 years old and you want to decide what you want to do, uh, you know, in your life, that's up to you. But when you're a child, it's it's between the parent and the children. And I think that the government needs, I, well, I know the government needs to get out of the way. And, uh, and that's where I am. I'm for parents. I'm for parents having the rights uh, to make sure their children get educated in the right way and that there's not laws put in place that uh, drive the family apart. And that's exactly what we're seeing here in California. And uh, that's just one example of many uh, opportunities that uh, our schools and uh, those types of uh, associations have the ability to uh, influence our children in a negative way. Do you, would, is that something that you would be able to do once in a, once in office is be able to overturn like that sanctuary state as a because I think that you know if you were to pitch hey this is taxpayer funded I think that that's where a lot of especially you know religious people would be like wait a minute my taxpayers are going to what? To do what to children? Can you kind of talk right, about so that process? The, the ability the governor has, first, it ha- it, it's been a law that's been pushed through, um, but we but the governor has uh, the budget. He's, he's the, he provides the budget, then the legislature has their opportunity with the budget too. So there's give and take in that area. And so, you know, uh, funding those programs is the one way you can stop 
are, are not not funding them, you can stop them from happening because there's no no taxpayer funds go to it. So, the budget is fluid that way. You every year after a bill's been passed, even though it it has to be appropriated, the money has to be appropriated. So if you don't appropriate the money, then the program basically isn't going to get funded. So that stops it. So that's one way. The other way is, you know, when you're governor and these bills come forth, as I mentioned earlier, you can veto those bills. So that, that would have, if I was in office last year as governor, I would have just vetoed that bill. The bill's dead. It has to go back through the process again. And the only way they can override a veto is get, you know, a 20, a, a two thirds vote in each house. And so, um, that, that slows down the legislature, and the governor has that power to do that. So those are all tools that I will use as governor. I understand how they work. I've been in the legislature for 10 years, and I think that's a, a key point. You know, in the last uh, many years, we've had, you know, like not candidates that are running that have served in the state senate or assembly. And so I've served there 10 years. I understand how it works. I understand how the budget works. I'm on the budget committee. Those are all things that are going to benefit Californians because I actually – have been on the inside working with legislators, and I have that ability to be able to work, and I also understand the budget. So when it comes time for the budget, I will be able to push back on those uh, programs that they want to see funded and not fund those programs. So basically taking away the finances behind their agenda, which is going to be the primary way to be able to stop you know these bills from going. But, you know, it's not even just the, that the, the, the sanctuary state for, you know, the gender ideology and the gen- gender... Uh, agenda that's going on now he's putting up billboards in other states i, I kind of feel like since the primaries he's been so emboldened uh i mean i, I visit his website um you can't sign up for his campaign because it's it's a broken link and when you go to his website it still has recall stuff on there i mean he is just so he's so cocky the guy you know like he just doesn't he doesn't even care for his website and and to me it's, now he's putting up these billboards in other states He's putting up billboards in Florida. He's putting up billboards in Texas. Is this guy getting ready to run in 2024? I mean, it, it, what is your message to Californians that say, well, I'm just going to wait for presidential year to, to really make a difference? I mean, these guys are staring <clears throat> at, a, at a potential Newsom 2024. We need to stop him now. What's your, that, what's your that's message really that? the message right there. If you look at what he did, he he left San Francisco in, in such a way and went to Sacramento and now he wants to leave Sacramento in California and go on to be president. And I, you know, we did a we did some social media stuff. We talked about, you know, it, it, California has given our nation Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris, and now you want them, you know, you know Gavin Newsom. I mean, it's just it's crazy. But as California goes, the nation goes, and that's that's the truth. The truth of the matter is, we are the fifth largest economy in the world. Um, California. When California makes a move, it affects our whole nation. And so Gavin Newsom realizes that. He knows that uh, Joe Biden is very weak, and he is uh, he's running for president. He says he's not, but it's pretty obvious. No, any p- person with any kind of common sense can see that he's totally running for president. He's going to leave California in a, in a mess. We have all these issues. We have, the, you know, we have crime running rampant. We have inflation. We have, we have our schools, our environment. We have no water. I mean, we're, we, we have no oil here. We're, our, our cost of living is skyrocketing, and he wants to be president of the United States so he can do the same thing for our country as he's done for California. By the way, in a, in a time where we've had more resources in California, $100 billion surplus, Anthony, that means that's 100,000 millions. 
when you think about how many millions of dollars and they spent that money and what have you seen in return we've seen fraud at the edd 32 billion dollars was stolen from edd small businesses and businesses in california are gonna have to pay that money back mm-hmm. we've seen 20 billion dollars spent on homelessness $75,000 per homeless person no change in homelessness we actually have more so Gavin Newsom's policies have really hurt California even though he goes out and he's really smooth and you know he's got his hair gel just right and he's and he can speak well but at the end of the day you have to have to go home and sit down at the table and go okay what's happening in my life Uh, is, is he really helping me he's setting goals spending money but he's not getting any results and that's the problem with California He's running for president. He's focused on that. He believes that this election is over. He's won it. And uh, we can turn that around. We came up seven points. We just got to get it. You know, we need 19 more. Mm-hmm. And we're there. And we have, you know, 33 days to do it in. If we can get our message out, which I appreciate you doing this and helping uh, people know who I am, uh, California could be a, a different place. And we could have that balance that we need. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that you're, you're right. I think he thinks that he's got this in the bag. But I think that if people show up and I think that if people, I mean, it's not even late now, you know, register people to vote, get people out there, tell them about their mail-in ballots, um, you know, go out there, ballot harvest, go out there, talk to your fellow church. If, if you're not at church talking to fellow, you know, uh, church members about the upcoming election, how, how can we help? How can I register you? Do you care about this stuff? You know, um, this is this is the stuff that really makes a difference in 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 this short burst between now and election day. And I think that um, you're right. More more people need to raise the alarm, raise the awareness, share if they're you know if they're looking to vote for you. If you're here listening in because you're already a Dolly fan uh, and a Dolly voter, then you need to go out there and recruit two, three, four, five more friends to be like, hey, this election matters because if Newsom gets away again, he's going to be honing in on 2024 and then now now there's no escaping the guy you know and it's it's i I feel bad for the people that might have moved from california (laughs) and then you know they're gonna have like ptsd they're gonna be like what i thought i got rid of this guy now this guy's gonna be my presidential candidate you know like holy smokes um but with that i know that you know in inflation is still like a number one trending staple right now across the nation you know there's you know uh bloomberg is talking about how there there's we're looking at a potential housing crisis possibly worse in 2008 gas prices are about i was just reading this tweet to you earlier these are verified journalists out on twitter saying breaking opec panel recommends a two million uh, barrel down cut to output limit and then you have you know verified journalists saying heads up this is going to send gas prices through the roof so we know that uh i was looking at fox la 11 they were talking about how uh, california gas prices have already spiked up in the last week in, in record numbers this has been the highest it's ever been in many places it's about to get worse what is your message to california so i've been talking about the energy dry cost make everything go up so I, I think i mentioned to you the last time i was here we're, we have a trucking business in the last eight months it's 200 dollars a day for every truck for just diesel so that's a thousand dollars a week that's four thousand dollars a month for one truck so think about all the trucks you see in california it's the same scenario for them and they move all of our goods they bring us our f- eggs and our milk to the store the farmer has to provide use diesel the farm is ground to move all those products so that drives up the cost of everything you need to live in California. It drives up your housing costs. It drives up everything. So the unique thing about California is we actually have 
1,200 oil wells. We have we have thousands of oil wells in California. California is actually a leader producer of oil. But since Gavin Newsom's been in office, he has stopped uh, well production in California. There's 1,200 oil wells at his desk waiting to be signed. They did 10 wells last year. We could actually pump oil out of the ground right here in California, not have to put it, bring it in on a ship from another country who is manipulating the prices as well. And we can just pr provide it right here in California. So energy independence for California and for our country is very critical because the money we spend on, we, we by the way, use 1.8 million barrels of oil every single day in California. Mm. So we import 24% of our oil from Ecuador where they're bulldozing down the rainforest, ruining the environment, and we're using that product here. Why not create that product right here that we need? We don't have to put on a ship and, and drive up our carbon output by shipping it here. We can refine it here in California and we can make California's prices go down. That helps you across the board. The other side of that too is electricity. You pay 76% higher electricity rates than anywhere in the nation. Uh, we have uh, a lot of alternative energies that, that what they've been focusing on too much on solar and wind. We need geothermal, which is a hot water comes out of the ground. You just drill in the ground. You can create electricity, put the water right back in. It's green. Uh, but there's been, for some reason, there's been nobody talking about it. There's geothermal all over our state, which is a, a product you can use when the sun's not shining and the wind's not blowing. I will be promoting those things to drive down the cost of energy in California and make California energy independent so we are not reliant on you know, other countries. Like you just said, OPEC is going to cut back their production, which is going to drive up the cost. We were, we were, I don't remember what street it was on, but uh, I think it was uh, yesterday. I saw a gas station was seven uh, ninety. It was almost eight dollars a gallon. It was like right there. I mean, that was for premium, but I mean, it was seven dollars for across the board. It's insane to think that Californians have to pay seven. We pay two dollars a gallon higher than other states. It's because of our taxes and our blends that we're required to have a special type of fuel in California. They don't they don't use the same type of fuel. It's it's a different blend uh, in California. And so California refineries um, can't keep up and with a special blend and it's only made in California for Californians. So that's what's causing your your skyrocketing uh, cost of uh, energy. Can you elaborate a little bit more on the you said geo geothermal. So there's geothermal. That, honestly this is the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm intrigued. So there's hot water in the ground. So there's places where, you know, the earth's warm and, and it's as close to the surface. Hot water, you basically just drill into the hot water and that hot water comes up, that's heat. It, you, that's what you use to make energy and you, you can uh, return the water right back into the ground and it reheats again and you can use that for uh, a clean energy. And so it's called geothermal. Uh, there, there's places uh, all up in the north, there's places in uh, the Southern California, there's places uh, out in the, uh, oh, I can't think of the name, the county, not San Bernardino, there's, there's places out towards, uh, mm -hmm. uh, in Southern California, there's, by San Francisco's, there's the geysers where there's heat, they, they actually do it there. And so there's opportunities to pr provide clean energy uh, during the night and during the afternoons when the sun's down and we need to tap into that. And we need to build transmission lines to get that power uh, from one place to the other. That's one of the big problems in California is we haven't kept up with our, our grid mm -hmm. to be able to move these clean energies about the state. And so some places are short on energy, like Los Angeles, and we, do, we can, can't get it from Bakersfield to Los Angeles because the, the power lines aren't in place.
So between the 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 geo, so imperial geothermal, geothermal, so like Imperial County has mm. a great resource. We know it's out there. So between the geothermal and then just drilling for oil here instead of having it imported from you know like you said twenty four percent of it comes from Ecuador, how w- would that make California like a very competitive state as far as like uh, in the uh, energy independent? Like, are we looking at like some of the lowest pain in in the nation i I just feel like california has so much potential i I, I, even in natural natural resources i i I kind of want to predict what would that especially with jobs how how do you foresee that going like let's just say day one here you are in office like all right let's go ahead and do uh this alternative and then let's start drilling let's release the permits let's work on this how many jobs are you looking? I, I just imagine it's just going to be like an economic boom, you know? Yeah, like that's, that's the whole point. We, we're going to use 1.8 million barrels of, of oil every day. And, you know, Gavin Newsom's plan is just put you in an electric car, but he doesn't have the electricity system there to, to put, put charge the car. Yeah. That's the difference between Gavin Newsom and I. I want to make California energy independent. I don't want to import oil from other countries that we're going to use. And, look, we can transition to electric, but we're not anywhere near that. And we saw that just a few weeks ago when there was a heat wave that came through. And he said, one day we're going to all be in electric cars. And the next day, don't charge your car. That's exactly what he said. So he, does have, he doesn't have a plan. He just wants to go out and tell everybody in the world that, hey, we're going we're gonna to change. Or we're going to be leading the world in the environment when we're not. We're still using all those products. We're going to use 1.8 million barrels of, of uh, oil every day. Why not produce it in California where we do it cleaner, safer, and with California's job, puts California's to work. And we get the tax base from it. The same thing on, let's talk about water for a minute. We're in a drought. We can build storage. We haven't built storage in California, water storage, for 35 years, and our population has doubled. Well, if, you're, if you don't take care of, there's plenty of water. It goes to the ocean. Let's capture that water on wet years and use it on dry years. That's common sense. Those are the type of things that I will bring to the legislature and push. And the great thing about uh, being governor is you actually have the opportunity to get out in the public and talk about these things. Just like you said, you didn't know anything about geothermal. It's because nobody's talking about it. Right. I'm talking about it. And it's it's a resource in California that we can use. We should be doing, we should be thinning our force. You know, I don't know if I mentioned it the time before, but we're talking about leading the world and reducing carbon when California produces 1% of the carbon in the world. But we're the fifth largest economy. So we use a lot of materials that are manufactured somewhere else with coal-fired power plants, mainly in China. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, our fertilizer comes from Ukraine to fertilize our crops. Why don't we do those things in California where we do it more environmentally friendly and we can keep Californians working? At the same time, we need to thin our forest, and we don't even count forest carbon. So when there's a fire, the biggest emitter of carbon in California is forest, forest mm-hmm. fires, not, not uh, tailpipe emissions. And so Gavin Newsom wants to talk about tailpipe commission emissions and not about the force actually did a bill that said we should count it they don't even count it so you don't you're not putting all the carbon in one in one bucket and saying how can we reduce carbon we can reduce carbon in the force real easy by thinning our forest so those are the things that i will bring to california as your governor different different way to look at things make california a place where we can be energy independent we can put californians to work and we can do it more environmentally safe than importing stuff from all over the world yeah i i definitely agree i i just you know a lot of people when they when they talk about california and politics they think short term i'm just trying to think like long term the things that you're talking about are are long-term goals because if eventually it it leads to energy independence it leads to us leading in the nation 
And like you said, you know, some of these words might be triggering to people like environmentally friendly because the left has weaponized it to mean something it shouldn't. I think you and I talked about this last time where the left hijacks these these great initiatives like who doesn't want a clean environment? Who doesn't want better air quality? Everyone does, you know, and, and the, but it just sucks because the left has, again, hi, hijacked these movements and all they do is overtax you to do to get nothing done. It's like you talked about with like the homelessness, with with crime. They, they promise, hey, we're going to do more with with your taxes, but really we're not, you know, and then we're just going to send you a nice little check right before the election. So you can have our name at the top of, uh, at, the, at the tip of your tongue and then hopefully you vote for us. But these are long term plans that I can definitely get behind and I can definitely see working for California. But. You know, even with like tourism, tourism is down in California because a lot of people are scared of crime. What are maybe like some things that you would propose? Again, maybe thinking long term, how can we make California thrive? How can we make California gold? How can we make it a tourist destination? Do you have maybe some long term incentives that you would like to be like, hey, why don't we try this in California to invite people and then again, boom, our economy? You know, I love california it's it's the most beautiful place on the planet as far as i'm concerned it's Mm -hmm. it's got everything you could ever want Uh, i mean people talk about it that you're a few hours typically you're from the sierras you're you could be on the ocean you can be in the mountains you can and it's it's a beautiful you know god laid it out in the perfect way i always say that um and you know the the future of california is that we have to just start managing things in a in a way that um you know we actually improve lives in California. So if somebody wants to come from out of California, number one, you've got to feel safe. Our streets are not safe. Gavin Newsom let out 30,000 prisoners during COVID. They're out on our streets. They're committing crimes. Crimes, as I mentioned earlier, has went up 40% in the last two years. San Francisco, we were down there just the other day. I mean, what a beautiful city, but it's it's not a place. I used to take my family there and, you know, go watch a ball game. We take them down there for Christmas time. We go to the Macy's, had a little ice skating rink. I remember I took our family down there my boys when they were young and, and just showed them the city because it was so beautiful. You know, well, that was just a mere you know, 10, 12 years ago. And here we are today. I wouldn't take my children down there because I, I, I don't feel safe. Yeah. So number one, we have to make our tre- our streets safe. How would I do that as governor? I would not be releasing prisoners uh, that are uh, repeat offenders. We would we make sure they're incarcerated and get them off our streets because they're victimizing Californians and Californians don't feel safe. That's number one. I'd appoint a parole board. Uh, that does not let them out early. Gavin Newsom's parole board has been letting out criminals and they're, and they're killing people on our streets. That's a fact. Smiley Martin, I don't even remember, there was a shootout on K Street while Gavin Newsom was on vacation during COVID yeah. and six people lost their lives. So those are things. I will be tough on crime. I will empower the money to go to the locals so they can actually uh, recruit for, for law enforcement so we can actually have law and order. You can't have a society if you have lawlessness. And that's what we have. We have people that don't fear uh, the punishment for crime and we've seen it just i mean i watched the news this morning there's there's three things on crime and and sex trafficking and, and abductions and all these things and that's because we haven't uh we've we've dumbed down crime to where it's not uh punishable and so those are things i will work on and that will bring people back to california when you have a safe environment and you have a place where people want to come and, and we have that we have the beauty the raw natural uh, beauty of california and the places where people want to come and see but they just don't feel safe until they're safe, they won't come back. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's a lot of places, you know, my wife and I, we used to visit all at San Francisco being one of them because my, my sister-in-law lives out there and uh, beautiful. We, we, we thought it was great. It's just now watching videos of what's transpiring and, and the homeless encampments. And, and, you know, a lot of people, sometimes they frown upon like using the homelessness as like a, a political point. But the reality is, is the environment that it creates when, when you just allow the lawlessness, because it's not just someone that's, you know, burdened by a hard economy that that's just out on the street, you know, and like, Hey, shucks, you know, I'm, I'm only here for a few days. Hopefully I can get back. I'm just going to be looking for jobs. It creates an environment where now people, you know, that are possibly addicts, whether they're addicted to alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. And I feel like California really incentivizes kind of just living on the street because no, nothing is being enforced. And I, and I think that a lot of it is, you know, programs like uh, the, the needles, like where they, they yeah. go up and they collect because, you know, one of the things that I, we used to do a while back, I used to do was activism where we would go out and we would clean up the streets. And one of the things that we saw all the time and the one thing that people would complain about is like, hey, ever since that program started, now there's just needles everywhere because they just get them, you know, and so they just dispose of them anytime they want. I get it that it's it's for the person, you know, like, hey, you're not sharing or getting a, diseases. A diseases and stuff like that. But unfortunately, this government now now it's creating another problem. So it's like you fix one thing, but then now you created another what are let, some me, let me talk about that for a minute. I, I mean, so 99% of the people on our streets are addicted, and I happen to know something about addiction. My dad was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. From the time I can remember till seventh grade, my dad was an alcoholic. My mom left my dad, separated from him, and learned about his, his, ish, his situation. He was mm-hmm. killing himself and not being a father. She actually came to Pasadena and learned about alcoholism. This was back when Betty Ford, I don't know if you remember, she came out, she was, you know, uh, the president's wife and said alcoholism's real it was a national thing and so my mom learned about it my dad actually came to a treatment place right here in pasadena and went through a 30-day program and was sober for 30 years until he passed away changed my life wow. so when you talk about addiction issues and this is what i say about like safe needles do it's it's like hey my son's addicted to a, a drug and i'm gonna say you know what son i know you're addicted but i'm gonna put you in your bedroom i'm gonna let you do drugs till you die that's basically what we're saying we're saying hey mm-hmm. we're gonna let you do it in a safe place where you're not gonna get hurt but you're gonna kill yourself eventually that's the wrong message mm-hmm. the message is hey let's get them off of drugs let's get them off of the streets and off of drugs and they have to be clean they're not required to be clean to come to a shelter or a, uh, a place where there's uh they, they can the, the shelters that they have aren't aren't expected to be clean. So we need to get them clean and sober. There's a lot of faith-based communities out there that are doing this. Unfortunately, the government doesn't allow us to spend money with faith-based communities. We need to partner with them. They're actually getting people off of, of drugs and changing their trajectory of their lives. That's number one. That's the number one problem we have. And we have drugs all over our streets. We have fentanyl, a uh, very low cost yeah. uh, poison, I call it. It's poisoning or it's killing our, our uh, Californians and Americans. It's, it's got to be stopped. We need to stop. So we need to make... Uh, People who sell drugs, we need to make that a crime, and we need to stop them from selling drugs because drugs because there's no, uh, uh, you know, there's no deterrent yeah. from doing it, and it's they're making money and they're killing Californians. Number two, we have mental health issues for homeless people. We need to make sure there's clinicians, and number three, we need to drive down the cost of housing. How do we do that? We empower counties. We give them the money. The counties and the cities are the ones that are going to provide the services. It's not the state government, which Gavin Newsom has set up this big bureaucracy at the state and 
hiring all these people that, but the actual services are done by cities and counties. We need to empower them. I was a county supervisor for 16 years. We had mental health clinicians. We were the ones that worked on the streets to get our streets cleaned up. We need to give them the money and let them use the money appropriately to make sure that they get people off the streets in their localities. The third thing with housing is, you know, we pass all kinds of laws to streamline the process to build sports stadiums in California or housing. We did it for the students at Berkeley didn't have housing and there was a big lawsuit going on and the legislature took action and they're building houses because mm -hmm. we streamlined the process. We need to do that same thing for housing in California in general to where we streamline the process so that we can actually build houses, which drives down the cost of housing. More house, it's, it's supply and demand. No, everybody that understands supply and demand, the more you have, the, the, the less it, the cost is. It's no different with uh, energy, the more fuel you have, the less the cost is. It goes down. It's, it's supply and demand. So those are the those are the key things that I'll be working on as governor to make sure that Californians have safe, clean streets, law enforcement, and we can drive down the cost of housing and energy, and that'll help Californians be able to afford to live in California. You t you talked on something that I, I know has been brought up a lot, especially by a lot of faith based people. It is a fact that. Um, it seems like the government hires like NGOs to, to do a lot of the charitable work as opposed to working with faith-based. And I think that when it comes to people with addictions and thank you for being vulnerable about, yeah. uh, you know, sharing your story. My, my, my brother is also unfortunately, you know, an addict and, and he, he, he struggles with that as well. And, you know, we're always praying for him because at the end of the day, these are human beings, Amen. you know, it, it's not, it, I, no one's trying to dehumanize them. No one wants to try to put a label on them. It's about w working with them and, and being there for them, being present for them. Uh, but I, but I feel with like a lot of the NGOs, there's so much corruption and I don't know if that's something that it, it, it not working with the faith based. I feel like we created this NGO that is maybe not faith based. So uh, how does that work exactly? Why can't we work with faith? based? is that just like a personal decision by Gavin Newsom? Could you get in there and now be like, hey, we're no longer working with these maybe not in such harsh words, ineffective NGOs. Now we're going to be working with the religious faith-based <clears throat> ones. Is that just something that I, you I could prioritize? There, or? No, I think there's an opportunity for both, actually. I think that we need to audit these NGOs and actually make sure that uh, the money's getting to the ground and not all. What happens is it all gets used for administration and, there's, and those services get to the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, we would have to watch that same thing with faith-based communities. I mean, there has to be some oversight, but at the end of the day, what we're doing is definitely not working. We're spending a lot of money. I prefer that we use, we, we, I can show you, I mean, I've toured them. Um, we have one safe place that's up in Shasta County, which is a faith-based community that doesn't get money. It's all donations. I donate to it because I know they're actually treating people and helping them get off drugs and off the street. And these are moms with children. It's, it's like yeah. when, you, when you go there, they, you're right. These are people. And they are, they've been addicted. They've been in an abusive relationship where they can't go home. And look, I want to come alongside those people. Our government needs to come alongside in a different way. What we're doing is not working. So, but we have examples of organizations that are not getting funding from the government that are actually getting results. So well, let's take those examples that we have and fund those type of examples where we can do it more and actually help people change their lives. The goal of government is to what? Actually help people, not just empower a special group that maybe not is getting results. And that's the thing about California and about government in general is that they continue to spend money without any results. It's, it's, I use the DMV because everybody knows that the DMV is a place where you have to wait in line forever because you can't go, there's no competition. There's no mm -hmm. competition for government. 
you, there's not a DMV across the street that's a different DMV that is in competition with the other one, and if one of them goes out of business, they lose their jobs, right? So that's what's wrong with government. We need to have government needs to operate in a way where they actually are held accountable to give the services they need in an efficient manner so Californians can actually get the services and we, could get, and we get a result for it. And that's one thing I'll do as your governor is I will audit all the agencies. We will find, we will find I know there's waste. I, I talk about it all the time. I find it myself and talk about it. Um, I'm just outnumbered in Sacramento. And then we need to get rid of that waste and we need to actually give the people the services. There's no reason it costs us twice as much money to build a mile of road in California as it does in Nevada. What's the difference? The mm -hmm. products are all the same. Well, there's just because California doesn't do it a very good, in, a, in a very efficient way. We need to be more efficient. All right, so here's one question I don't believe we've ever talked about. Minimum wage. Some people think that it should be a million dollars. No, but really, you know, it's it's I don't know even what it's at right now. Fifteen dollars. But I know I know that um, Gavin Newsom just passed a law uh, saying that basically uh, for any corporations or any franchises with over 100 franchises, yes. I think. Uh, you're you're now automatically unionized of some sort, and then also you will be starting at twenty two dollars an hour. What is your view, not just as a state legislator, uh, but potential governor, but also as a state senator? Um, what what is your view on minimum wage? Should that just be up to you and your employer, or do you believe that there should be a minimum wage, so and what should it be? I, I'm an employer, so I can talk about the minimum wage. Minimum wage was not first of all meant to be a wage that you should be able to support your family on. We knew that, that from the start that, that the minimum is, is not enough, quite mm -hmm. frankly. But when you have no skill set, so as a business owner, I need you to be able to do a task for me. And that task has, um, you know, uh, there's a cost to it for me. And so if it, when it gets done, there's a profit to be made. I can pay my employee the uh, appropriate amount to keep that employee at my, at my job. I want to keep them there. So... The minimum wage was set for minimum skill set, all right? So when you talk about that, it should be set. And we've set, it's been moved. It's been moved up uh, t two times since I've been legislature. It went from 9 to 12, 12 to 15. So in my business, we hired people for at minimum wage for the first week. We basically put them on to see if they have a skill set, if they show up on time, if they want to work. And then we move them up because to get good, we want them to stay with us. We want them to be part of our family. We want them to be part of our business. And so we move them up. If they don't, if they're not a skilled labor, we can then say, hey, we want to train you at that level. We're willing to spend the money to train, right? At that minimum wage, we're willing to take the risk and say, hey, you know what? You need to do this. We can train you on the job, and then we can train you to, for a higher skill, which means more pay. So the minimum wage is, is a debate that, unfortunately, people want to say, and that's what I always say, why don't you just make it $75 an hour? Because you know why? Because your hamburger is going to cost you $75 too. Yeah. Right? So... There has to be a balance. Look, do we want, I mean, people called me because I'm a farmer when the minimum wage, they, they actually called me a slave owner. And I said, there's no such thing as a slave owner in, in America. You don't have to work for me. You choose to come and work for me. We, it's a relationship that we build. And we, we, we don't pay minimum wage. We pay way more than minimum wage on our farm. But we start them at minimum wage to see if they have the skill set and the things that make a good relationship for our business. And that's what we need in California. We don't need to be mandating a number because a number is mandated by the government it should be set off of the skill set that you have and and the market will bear a higher price i will tell you there's 
I mean, we see it all the time that these fast food restaurants are paying, some of them are already paying 22 bucks an hour. Some are paying 18 bucks an hour because mm -hmm. the skill set of people they need is not available and the workforce is short. Uh, and so those are the things. I see help wanted signs all over. Go through a drive-thru. There's right yeah. at the drive-thru, there's a help wanted sign. Why Everywhere. is that? It's because, and they're moving up the, the, the cost to get the, attract those people. So it's, it's supply and demand and for me, it, the issue is that's just the wrong debate. It's about the skill set. If you don't have the skills and you're willing to learn and, and train, you can graduate up to a higher wage because we know that even $20 an hour is hard to, to raise a family, and you can't raise a family on $20 an hour right now. There's no possible way, not in California, because it drives the cost of everything up. So, again, if we set that rate higher and not let the market carry that rate up, you're just it, uh, you're setting the bar and you're going to, the cost of goods are going to go up. So, I mean, you've seen it. Go buy, go through a fast food restaurant and see what a hamburger costs you today versus five years ago. Yeah. It's, it's gone up, and it's going to continue to go up. I mean, especially in, in the food food and agriculture as well. We in agriculture, um, you know, we have labor. We need labor, and that's that's, that's driven the cost up. Yeah, everywhere I go, my, my I, I took my daughter out. I think, I don't know if it was the weekend. Or no, the last week we went out for ramen. And oh, you're yeah. right. Everywhere, everywhere, help wanted, hiring staff. Hire, I mean, it's just, it's insane how much, like, that. that's why when people tell me, like, well, people are just not hiring anymore. I'm like, what are you talking? There's help wanted signs everywhere. Now, granted, my personal bias doesn't speak for, you know, the, the, the entire nation, but at least here in California, in my direct region, there's a lot of help wanted signs. And, and I think that that definitely speaks into, um, you know, a lot of a, a lot of people are not coming out of high school equipped for the bare minimum. And it's sad that that people, you know, for whatever reason, are not coming out with the basic knowledge. Is that something that maybe we can fix with high schoolers? Or is there like an incentive to like, hey, instead of having to learn, you know, gender theory, at 11th grade or 12th grade, we can actually teach you basic skills. We can teach you basic engineering, basic customer service, basic finances. Yes, I'm 100% for that. I call it career technical education where, where you teach them not that they need to go to, not everybody's set out to go to college. Maybe it's mm -hmm. just to learn a trade so that you can, I mean, we, we need welders and we need, we need pipe fitters and we need people to work in construction and we need people to do all these things. And we don't teach much of that in our schools anymore. There's an opportunity there absolutely to uh, help uh, Californians at the end of the day uh, and I'm all for it yeah so we are weeks away from the election the big day um, it what what are what is something that people tuning in what is something that a Republican that that said hey you know what I was thinking of only just voting but now I'm activating now I want to help Senator Brian Daly win this election what what can I do so what what is what is it that people tuned in, people that are listening that want to get activated these last couple weeks to kind of help drive out the vote? What are some things that they can do to help your campaign? So I ask that you share everything we're sharing and other people are sharing about me so that that actually drives the algorithms up so more people can see on social media. That's a huge way. We do, we do not have the resources to go to war with Gavin Newsom. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to be able to compete with him on the on the he can drive the narrative because he just has enough money to but we can outwork them on the ground and what do i mean by that that means network with your friends and neighbors let them know about me get out the vote 
share information. We have a we have Instagram. We have all the social media programs that are I mean, everything that you, is available to everybody. We're using we're uh, we're emailing people. If you get an email from us, open the email, share share an email. That's one way you don't get censored. You know, mm -hmm. people don't think about that, but we're we get censored all the time uh, and throttled. I call it. They're they're cutting us back. But on the emails, you can send out to your people in email, say your friends, and say, hey, you know, make sure you vote. I, I learned about this person. You can go to briandally.com, and that's D-A-H-L-E, B-R-I-A-N-D-A-H-L-E.com. Uh, share, and that that's what we're going to do. And then get out to vote. At the end of the day, it's get out to vote. If you have a, a, an extra few bucks, you can go online and donate to me, and we will we will use that to uh, boost our post and those type of things. Absolutely uh, be helpful, too. You know, it's interesting you say that you don't have the the – the war chest, which yes. I agree with against someone like Gavin Newsom, and yet you're up in the polls. So that means <laughs> the word of mouth, people sharing, it yes. all makes a difference because that's what's so unique about social media mm -hmm. now is that you don't necessarily even need uh, all the money in order to be able to expose. But you're mm -hmm. right. If people do more sharing, and, and, I, and I have to emphasize this, this doesn't mean listen to this and then forget about it. Right. Listen to this, maybe pause the podcast right this second, and then go ahead, go onto your Instagram or your Twitter or whatever it is, follow, this is the most important thing, and I tell these people all the time, follow the people that you're looking to vote for. It makes such a huge difference because now they go from 100 followers to 200 followers. If everyone pauses, hits that follow button, and like, okay, now I'm also gonna share what they recently posted, some of their policies, all of this, you know, I, and, I, and I say this to my audience all the time, you guys are the ambassadors of truth. And what I mean by that is maybe your direct family and friends or, or the people that follow you on your social media, maybe your private account, maybe they don't follow me. But if you share me with them, maybe now two or three of them will start following me. And it's a trickle effect. There's a lot of people that you will impact if you simply just share the person it you know it, it's it's past time to ask who is Bri who is senator brian dolly it's time to listen inform yourself and then share who senator dolly is so i highly encourage everyone listening right now please 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 with weeks away if you're not registered to vote register to vote if you have if you if you've already made up your mind about who you're going to vote for you should be following them sharing their content and like you said you know briandolly.com that is where people can go and they can sign up for your campaign are, are, are you going to be doing what are some of the events that are coming up so that maybe people can what cities or, <clears throat> or counties so i'm gonna that's i'm everywhere everywhere <laughs> yeah so i'm going to be in uh, radlands uh friday i'm going to be in uh i think calusa county to tomorrow night for a fundraiser with the farm bill but i want to i want to touch on one thing i've just been thinking about in my mind is that there's no middle class in California, and I'm a middle class person. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I, the, the rich are getting richer, and the poor are staying poor. And there used to be a, a, a way to go from the poor into the middle class, and then on to some turn wealthy. But that's really what I want to focus on in California. Is I want to focus on the middle class. It's the everyday, ordinary guy that just maybe has a small business like me, ha wants to raise his family in California. And the person that's stuck in poverty, I want to I want to have them an upward mobility. In California, we don't have that due to the, a lot of the things that are happening in the legislature, education, crime, all those things. And so, Anthony, I just want people to know that that's what I'm about. I'm I'm a I'm a family man. I'm a small business owner, and I've been watching the rich get richer, 
because they dominate the power brokers. Gavin Newsom, that $24 million that he has in his bank account did not come from middle class and poor people. And that's who's supporting me. I need your help. I need you to get out and share the stuff you just talked about. And we can take back California. I really believe we can. All right. With the last few seconds here, Elevator Pitched, why should people vote for you over Gavin Newsom? It's real simple. If you want four more years of what you've been getting, then by all means, stick with him. But if you want some change and you want a, a hope for California and you want your family uh, to be able to stay here and not leave like I do, then vote for Brian Daly. All right. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media, by the way? You can go to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, BrianDally.com, you know, we're on all those platforms. So just if you Google Brian Daly or if you just go to BrianDally.com, you're going to see all my information. We're on Facebook and all that stuff as well. All right, Senator, I want to thank you so much again for dropping in. It's always a pleasure to have you here, and uh, we wish you all the best in your campaign. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you.